Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you, 888-957-9570. Warriors this week, hour number three. Uh, still more time for phone calls. We'll get to some text messages coming up here, uh, Whitey, in, in just a moment. we got to get into this uh, Draymond Green stuff as well. Uh, he said what about about, yeah, about yeah. what he would do next yeah. year? I mean, I know oh. we've, we've had the discussion in the past about, about his affinity uh, for LeBron and also maybe – being a little disconnected from from what the Warriors have going on from time to time. This this was a, an all timer uh, on his own podcast earlier this week. We'll get into that coming up between now and noon. Also, why do you want to get into kind of the big picture conversation with Jordan Poole's emergence and and the decision on James Wiseman that Connor Letourneau of the Chronicle wrote about with respect to his fourth year option and how the season ends and what happens with Andrew Wiggins. The Warriors are. They're going to be in an interesting position as far as future roster composition. I think Kaminga's emergence is a, is a factor in this. Uh, but you know, do they keep paying? Do they have to make a move to put them over the top if they can't win it this year? The future uh, of this Warriors roster, they got a lot of pieces they like. The, the veteran pieces have, have still shown that they can play at a certain level when healthy. Uh, but the, the, the puzzle of trying to get one more championship – versus you know bridging toward the future is is going to be really tricky I think and that's going to start this offseason tricky and probably very very expensive as you well know and not to get bogged yes. down in numbers here you know and get an ice cream headache over cap numbers and this and that but if they extend pool and then you look at where they'd be and then you look at where the luxury tax is probably going to be I mean given Kuminga's rise and given that he's he and Wiggins aren't the same uh, Kuminga, as you've pointed out for months, is more of a, you know, he's got a little more flexibility to play four or five than, than, than Wiggins. But given the fact that Kuminga's rise, I, Wiggins is probably the odd man out financially. Um, and I know some fans, well, why, why are you piling on Wiggins? I mean, that's just apparently the reality of the situation. That's just looking at the contracts. But as you just said, I mean, if they're looking after this season and it hinges on stuff that's unknowable right now, if they look at, wow, we could have won this year if we'd done this, and then they have to make 
moves this offseason specifically designed to upgrade the roster next year rather than moves that are dictated by the salary, then then that's a whole nother uh, set of variables. But it's it's hard to see keeping Wiggins and Poole going forward, given what they're both what they both have uh, come and do here financially. Yeah, I think that's going to be the question. And and how how do they manipulate it? Is it a matter of Wiggins because he still has one more year in his contract next season? And would you want him around for next year because it helps you, you know, win mm-hmm. a championship? Do you have a replacement on the roster for him as well? And I, I think there's some flexibility that that having Jordan Poole around, at least in the short term, you'd have to sign him long term to keep him for the short term. So we we get into that coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Here I'll explain what I mean by that. Let, let's get David in Bayview, who's been waiting patiently on the on the phone lines, uh, in here on ninety five seven the game. Hey David. Uh, hey guys, David. thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm really happy to see how Clay's doing and you know starting to score some points. But like back back in the day when Andre Iguodala came to the Warriors, he was a he was an All Star, and they got him to come off the bench and buy in, and that really helped the team take off. And I think ultimately, Clay's best position might be coming off the bench and because Poole and Wiggins don't necessarily play their best with him on on the court starting and you have to get Wiggins started and you have to get Poole started both of them if they don't start off well we're kind of you know going to the background and also with Draymond and Looney you know you guys brought up a great point you really have to stagger them because both of them are sort of non-scorers and play the same position, and you can't have both of them on, you know, in a lineup where you need scoring, and they're both undersized. But uh, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, appreciate it, David. Uh, some some good stuff to chew on there. Look, I think that ship has sailed as far as Clay coming off the bench uh, goes. Uh, I mean, you know, egos are involved in this thing, and and I think Clay right now, the the thought is you got to get him back to what he's been. And and look, this team's best shot at winning a title is Clay Thompson being in the starting lineup and playing at a high level with Stephen Curry. I mean, point blank. I wondered if the Warriors initially, not as a permanent solution, but initially because Curry and Poole and that backcourt had played so well together without Clay, if initially maybe they would do that while he was on a minutes restriction. They didn't do that. I found it interesting that they did initially do that with Draymond Green and then in hindsight said maybe they should have done it with Clay because it would have helped him maybe get into more of a rhythm in terms of you come in, you play five or six minutes, you sit for five or six minutes, you play rather than coming in, starting each half, and then having a long a long stretch where you're not playing and then trying to get it going for the last five or six minutes of, of a half. Uh, so I, I, I threw it out there and then thought, as was later said, you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, uh, I, but at this point, the, the ship – the ship has sailed, and as far as you know, Clay and Poole and Wiggins, I think it really is more of a Clay and Wiggins point, don't you? Yeah, last night would certainly suggest it is. And David, thank you for hanging on so long. We appreciate that. Um, he raises, yeah, some really interesting points. I think as far as Clay coming off the bench, uh, sure, ego's involved, but I think there's more to it than that. 
J.D., as far as comparing it to the Iguodala situation. And David may disagree, and maybe David's right. But I think in that case, making that comparison, the coaches clearly thought, and they were right, they, it's been proven they're right, they felt we're better if Iguodala comes off the bench. I don't think the coaches believe they're better if Clay comes off the bench right now. I don't think it's a matter of, boy, we'd like to do that, but we don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't think that's the case. Uh, Steve Kerr, again, some really interesting things he said last night about Clay. And last night's a good example of why you want Clay starting because he scored 37. Uh, and Kerr said, I thought it was his best game the first half. He was so patient, and this is where he has struggled. He's been rushing things, he's been forcing shots. And the first half was great in terms of his patience, moving the ball on and trusting that the ball would come back to him. As a result, he got way better looks. I think the only reason you consider you would consider coming uh, bringing Clay off the bench is if he continued to play as poorly as he was. But if he's making shots and he starts playing better, you know I don't think you want that player coming off the bench. And the best way to get to that player, as they did last night, is just by playing him, JD. Yeah, and I I think you're right about that. And last night was. You know, he scored 37. It was an efficient 37. It was nine three-pointers. Like, that was – and I think Steve Kerr summed it up perfectly. He just took better shots. And, and you yeah. know, there were a couple quick ones that he hit, which, you know, maybe he hadn't. But it was just – everything was moving, and and he moved it. And there were times where he moved it and got it back. And, and, and again, it, it led to better shots, not only for him, but I think better shots just for the, the, the context of, of the Warriors' offense. Yeah, they need, you know, one of the things is it's kind of funny. We sit here and we wonder and everyone wonders and we talk about it on radio and we watch the games and ask ourselves and our friends, how come they're not playing better? And sometimes it's just because, you know what, the players aren't playing. The players need to play better. You can get bogged down in this philosophy and that and the starting lines. Players need to play better. Clay's a really good player. He's one of their best players. They need him to play better. And he played really well last night. That said, Kerr also said of the second half, he said, I didn't love his looks in the second half. I thought we were in a little bit of a rush, but he was making them because he had gotten into such a groove in the first half, but that's the way he's got to play offensively, and Kerr said that was a silver lining in the game. So, yeah, you definitely want Clay becoming Clay or close to it again, and if that's the case, you definitely want that player starting because they need Clay Thompson right now going forward. Yeah, and and the other part, the Draymond Looney portion of it which which we've talked about a lot it's it you know, maybe and I think part of the thinking is it's opening the door to to what Steve Kerr had mentioned a couple of weeks ago you take Looney out which means you're open to different starting combinations and maybe you can't do that if you play Denver or Minnesota which are the the almost certain opponents in fact they are the certain warrior opponents if they end up third it's going to be one of those two Denver or Minnesota well they've got Jokic and they've got Towns so you're probably going to have to start Mm -hmm. Looney at that point which would which would put Jordan Poole back to the bench but I think it was to open the door to maybe Jordan Poole stays in the starting lineup Draymond plays the center you start that way and then you use Looney as the backup center that you're lacking because you're not going to get Wiseman back and you didn't go out and get somebody. So I, I can see where they're trying to, to fit a couple of, you know, kind of kill a couple of couple of birds with, with one stone potentially uh, as far as that mm-hmm. goes. On the Comcast Business text line, and this sort of leads into the conversation from, from the beginning of the segment, Whitey, in the 408, uh, ownership must be mad with the amount of money they are paying in tax for this wasted year, uh, the 408 adds Myers needs to go. I don't know about that part of it. 
uh, some hyperbole there. But uh, as far as the tax, I don't think the Warriors view this as a wasted year either. I, I would, I would push back on that. I think you do have to go back to what the expectations were at the beginning of the year. And I, I know this year changed. I know this team showed an ability to contend for and, and maybe win a championship. And I think that's still on the table if everything gets is put together collectively and they have health. But I don't think the Warriors are, are considering this a wasted year. I think it, it's a year where they could wind up making the case, even if they don't win it, that they contended and developed, which – and we're top four in the West, which were all three goals, I think, that, that, that they had coming into it. I could be wrong here. I know we talked about this earlier. I, I tend to agree with the tone of that text, and I don't, I'm not, believe me, I'm not alluding to something that anyone told me. This is all just my observations. I said earlier something about Steve Kerr coaching for his job more than he had before. He's not coaching for his job. That was an overstatement. But I do feel like there's more pressure on Coach Kerr than there's been at any time uh, as, his, as he's been the worst coach. And I think that extends to Bob Myers. If this thing doesn't end well, I could be totally wrong. But given where they were and the way that this thing has unraveled, I do think that there's a good chance that ownership is going to um, look at Bob Myers and Steve Kerr with uh, in, a, in, in a harsher light after the season. Could be wrong. That's what I think. But there's there's no question. Um, looking at the salary tax or the luxury tax, things get really really pricey. But to your point, we just don't know how it's going to end up. And I know as fans, we get angry and turned off and this team and they're terrible they, they can't do it and i think the organization is still hoping and believes that they can find some answers here and still salvage this thing maybe make a run at a championship but if not that at least play well enough in the postseason where everyone's not sitting there pulling their hair out gnashing their teeth and wondering what went wrong this year they can still have a satisfying year well and, and don't you think it's it, like if the Warriors get beat, and I think part of part of what you're saying is you know how it ends in that maybe it ends in a first round loss. Yeah, right. right. Well, to me, the only way they're going to lose in the first round is if somebody somebody goes down and is unable to play games in a series or 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 has to leave a series. Like to me, like I I'm still confident enough, and and I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any means. But if Steph plays and can play in, in, in every game and Draymond can play in every game and Clay can play in every game and they don't lose Poole or Wiggins you know, or Looney, uh, I would put him in there as well. I think the Warriors are winning a first-round series, whether it's mm-hmm. Denver or, or Minnesota, especially Minnesota, I think, given their overall uh, inexperience and, and volatility. That there's there's you know, high-end Minnesota, and they're a chippy, scrappy group. They're actually a tremendous watch on a night-in, night-out basis, a fun watch. I, we've talked about that a little bit in the past. Uh, but I think the Warriors would win that series against them. I think they'd win against Denver for as much as Denver's given them problems. I, I think Denver probably doesn't have enough secondary scoring for as great as as Jokic is consistently in, in a series. I think there's some things the Warriors can do to, to take other players away, even if Jokic is, is going to get his and also render Jokic less effective uh, maybe on the defensive end in particular with, with actions that they can go to offensively. So I think what you're getting at is something goes awry and you don't win a first-round series. But I kind of feel like the only way they don't win a first-round series is if somebody goes down or is unavailable to where it's clear-cut. Well, they won't, they're not going you know, to mm-hmm. – everybody's going to know the reason why, and it's not necessarily going to be on the coaching or on the general manager. 
Yeah, that could be. You very well could be right. I just I do think that's on the board now, especially given that they've they've uh, struggled to defend. I think a first round loss. I wouldn't bet on it, but I think it's on the board. And I think if that happens, I think the tone may change here. But we'll see. Maybe not. I wanted to see what you thought of here. Something we've been talking about a lot, and you've been talking about the, you know, the changing rotations of Steve Kerr. Um, and he, on the one hand, he says we have a lot of flexibility, and then on the other, he says we got to figure some things out. But let's take last night, for example, J.D. I have a question for you. Last night, they start Kuminga, and they split up uh, Looney and Draymond. Okay, it didn't really go that well. Kuminga didn't play well. So, you know, some of that maybe is matchups, a lot of factors. Does that mean, okay, do you just assume then, well, that won't work? Do you try it again? I mean, you just don't have that much time, and it just seems like you can't afford – you don't have the luxury of – can you just know for a fact that, well, we tried it one game, one half, and he didn't play well, so I guess that won't work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do you know for yeah. sure whether it's going to work or not after just one game? No, I, I think that's true, but the, the part that I wonder is, was that an Atlanta-specific thing? Because I, I go back to what Steve Kerr said a couple of weeks ago, which was, hey, we might have different starting lineups mm-hmm. in 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 different series against different opponents, which, right, okay, right. obviously, but also maybe within – different games of, of series, which is something they've done in the past with the, with the center lineup and putting Iguodala in for their, for their center and going to the small ball lineup, whether it was the death lineup or what wound up being the Hamptons five. But I, I think, you know, I, that's the part that we don't know. Like, is it was, does he want to get Kaminga a look? Just was it, was it against the Hawks? Mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm. something that doesn't play as well against Washington or against right. Memphis? Like that's, I mean, stay tuned tomorrow and Monday to find yeah. out, but I, I don't really have an answer <laughs> to that one. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. That's a great point. It's a good question uh, <laughs> going forward. I, I hope he I didn't knows like what he's it. doing. I didn't like yeah. it, by the way. I, I, I didn't, I, I'll just, you know, I don't, I don't know that we've addressed it that bluntly. I want to get your, your thoughts on it. I, I, when, when that news broke, and I think Anthony Slater had it before it was officially announced by a few minutes, when that news broke, I, 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 I thought, why? Like, that's just, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a, a little bit. It just, and not the, not the, I know some fans were actually like, damn, that's kind of messed up toward Looney, who started every game and, yes. and played so well. It, oh, you, you, you actually – see, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me as much for that. It, it more bothered me as, what's the point? You just won a game. You, know, you just won. And I know Draymond didn't play and Clay didn't play, but it's like you just like kind of keep the status quo rolling a little bit and see if you can't get on a, get on a little bit of a run. Like I looked at it more as, hey, you just had this big win – Let's kind of keep the status quo and see if you can keep it rolling and get another big win and kind of you know get a couple of those wins back that you lost earlier. I, I just didn't like it. Um, I, Kerr explained it to my satisfaction as to why he did it, uh, but I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and then to to not see it work uh, in terms of at least the Kaminga part of it, I, I kind of thought, okay, well, you, you kind of you kind of got what you asked for in a certain way uh, off of that. Yeah, while I, you know, I feel for Kevon Looney in no way, shape, or form do I think that should be part of the coach's uh, considerations going forward. I mean, Looney's been beyond a good soldier this year, done everything. And then, you know, when Steph gives out the watches to everybody uh, when he breaks the three-point record, sorry, Kevon, you're not one of the you know, core guys. <laughs> and then last night he gets – so I'm kind of kidding about that, but I do. I feel like, man, guy can't he, – he gets, he gets no respect. But I understand if you're the coach, you can't worry about that. My guess is that one of the reasons Kuminga started last night, as you say, you want to keep it going from the win over the Heat. 
well, he's, he had a really good game against the Heat. So maybe they're they're thinking, hey, if we get Kuminga going more consistently at 22, you got 44 points from Wiggins and Kuminga against the Heat. So maybe that was part of it. Looney didn't have an especially good offensive game in that game. Um, it's it, I just don't know if you're going to do that. Then okay, what's next? What are you? What conclusions can you draw from that? When it's he starting, he's not starting. I'm sure Steve Kerr knows his team a lot better than I do. But I'm with you. You just see that it's like, wait, hold on. It's just confusing. Yeah, and and it's just I I think at some point, like I'm all for adjusting the rotation over the course of a season. I'm I understand where Steve Kerr comes from as far as wanting to make sure everybody can can get in. Uh, I, I thought early in the year it was much more, it was much more consistent. The young players basically weren't playing at all, and they were going to have to earn their minutes in in a certain way. And and the Warriors came out with the the veteran, you know, laden rotation, and they got off to the the great start. And Iguodala was a part of it. And like I'm more of the play 15 games with a certain rotation, and then and then maybe go another 10, and then you know you can tinker as the season goes on, but I, I think it's just, it, it's been, there's been too much of the tinkering, and I know some of it is, is due to injury and, and necessity. Hey, you want to get a look at something for a couple of games, and then somebody goes down and you can't, so you got to file it away and come back to it later, but I, I just think there's been too much tinkering, and, and I know Steve Kerr would say that's going to make it easier, in a way, to know what he can go to in the playoffs. I actually think it makes it harder, because you're trying to completely get everybody on the same page with the stakes uh, at the highest. A couple of text messages here, 408. Uh, is there some chemistry reason why the Warriors did not pick up DeMarcus Cousins when he was available multiple times this year? I, I, I just thought the Warriors, and, and look, this is not necessarily some internal uh, dialogue. or I don't know this for a fact, but the impression I got uh, was that the Warriors didn't love the DeMarcus Cousins experience. Like, it, it worked. It was fine for the team that they had. But, you know, it, it just it, – it, they, they saw it, they lived it, and, and they were ready to move on from it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there was an interesting passage to, to that point in Ethan Strauss's book, as I recall, where apparently, you know, the Warriors have an idea of what they want their centers to do. Cousins didn't know if he was going to be with the Warriors beyond that season. So, and I'm just going off of my memory here, the Warriors would impress upon DeMarcus Cousins, we want you to focus on defense, rebounding, and dribble handoffs. And DeMarcus Cousins would say, yeah, I got you. And then he would go out and look for his points because he's figuring, if I'm trying to you know, play for somebody else next year, they're going to be looking at my points. So there was a bit of a philosophical clash there, which may have had something to do with the fact that they weren't interested, in addition to the roster concerns that we've already talked about uh the 240 uh my buddy that's always on me about the big oh good lordy jd has finally seen the light about the center spot welcome to reality my man (laughs) big man is still and always will be part of basketball look it's i understand why they didn't go get a big man a big part of that though was tied to wiseman coming back and and the belief that Wiseman was going to be back December and then February or March, and now it's not going to happen at all. So in hindsight, you can go back and say it was a mistake. Where, where I don't give, though, Whitey, is I don't think that they had to, once they got into into February and March, I don't think that it was 
a necessity that they go get one of the, you know, a Willie Colley Stein or just anybody available at that point. Like I, I'm with the Warriors on the decision not to do that. If you if you wanted to go get somebody before the season started, that's fine. But to me, once you got rolling and you were playing well enough as the season went on and you thought you were going to get Wiseman, I, I understand that. And the Warriors are not going to play that big man a, a ton of minutes, and they're not going to play him really any meaningful minutes down the stretch in games, even if they have them. I know we have a break coming up here, but I, yeah, to that point, I know a lot of people were excited about, hey, how about Robin Lopez? And I don't believe Orlando ever bought him out, so it's, he wasn't even available. But I have a question for you, J.D., and I wasn't taking notes when I watched the game last night, so I'm unclear on the exact details here, and there could be a very good reason. I'm just asking you the question. I was noticing last night, fourth quarter, it's like, hey, Draymond's not playing. Um, okay, and then he was like very, very, very late in yeah. the games. Like, what, what, what was? The, I didn't, you know. And even Shinya, we're watching. Goes, Draymond's back in. Do you, why in the world did they put him back in when they put him back in at the end of the game last night? Yeah, you know what? Let's get into that coming back, and we can okay. also get into yeah. Let's get into that coming back because I, I did yeah. make a note of it. I, I'm not sure why, other than well, I'll, I'll tell you on the other side. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. That was a peculiar component of last night's loss specifically, but it goes into the tinkering and and the minutes restrictions and and all of those things. And also want to get uh, continue the conversation as far as the future planning. We still have to touch on what Draymond said about. Uh, LeBron James. Uh, we'll do all of that. Uh, we got about about two hours of content we're going to fit into the next 30 minutes yeah. right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, final segment, 888-957-9570. Why do you ask before the break, hey, what was going on with Draymond last mm-hmm. night uh, as he came back into the game with 113 to go? Uh, Warriors were down 113 to 108 at that point. They wound up losing 121 to 110. They had come from 18 down uh, in the fourth quarter to, to get to within five. I know as far as, you know, Steve Kerr just left the group in, and I'm not sure whether Draymond had sat so long that, that Steve Kerr was like, I'm not going to put him back in, but then he decided to. But he, he left the group that, that got on the run, and it was Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Gary Payton II, Damian Lee, and Kavon Looney. That was the group that, that brought the Warriors back in, in that game in the fourth quarter. And it was peculiar uh, that that not only Draymond didn't come back, but Andrew Wiggins never came back, and Wiggins wasn't having the, the best game. I know Draymond was a a, a, a minus twenty four, a, a, a game worst minus twenty four mm-hmm. uh, last night. I, I I thought it was odd that that he didn't at some point go back to both of them, but I think he also thought, hey, this game may be out of reach, and we're not going to come back. And when that group made the run. He left them. He let them try to finish it themselves, and then you know once they stalled out a little bit and and, and couldn't get enough stops, he wanted to put Draymond out there to kind of keep everything organized. Yeah, just okay. I get that. It's like, hey, I'll put Draymond in. Maybe we're gonna win the game. All right, it was odd, but I I get that. By the way, just real well, it was quick. late, right? I mean, it's yeah, it, yeah. if you're gonna do it, do it with three minutes, right? Yeah, but right. it was it was almost like he didn't have. Either he thought that group could do it, and he got bit, or he he wanted to. You know, I, I'm not sure what it was. I think he he was all right. I'm going to let this group do it. They don't need him right now necessarily. And then he like changed his mind. Oh, I guess they do need him now. I just want to point out the king of the plus minus because you mentioned plus minus the king of the plus minus strikes again. Going back to that Celtics loss, one ten eighty eight. Damian Lee was zero for five in that game. His plus minus was somehow plus nine. I know we talked about that last week. Last night, Damian Lee was two for eight, missed all three of his threes. He was plus five, second <laughs> second highest on the team. I don't know how he does that. The king of the plus minus, Damian Lee. Well, and look, and yeah, here's the thing, though, as as far as he goes, like, and and I know, you know fans are going to drive off the side of the road when they hear me say this, but the Warriors coaching staff has, and it's an obvious point, but they they don't 
they're not bashful about putting Damian Lee into big situations. Like Steve Kerr trusts Damian Lee in big situations. I I know he he I'm not saying he's in the playoff rotation. I don't think he will be, but I, I think that they believe that he he plays big in big moments and and can help this team a, a exponentially more than the fan base does. Let's put it that I'm way. Pro, yeah, I agree with you. I'm pro Damian Lee. I didn't mean that to make fun of him. It's just a curiosity. No. But to your, to your point, I mean, against Miami, he scored 22 points, and he hit uh, six, uh, three of six threes. So, yeah, he can shoot, and he's always ready. So I understand why they're not shy uh, about playing him. I am a little puzzled sometimes why fans are so down on him. I mean, fans just, like, get him out of here. I think fans overreact to it a little bit. But he's a nice guy to have uh, on your roster because he's always ready to play. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think the, the hate for Damian Lee is over the top. I think there have been some games where he's woeful. But I also mm-hmm. think there is a a, a – it, it's also in part – He's playing, and so who isn't playing because he's playing? And I think I think you know, you look at a game like last night, and and Warriors fans look at it as, why should Damian Lee ever be playing over Kaminga or Moody? Like I think there's a like a, a, a faction of the Warrior fan base that that thinks, damn it, Damian Lee's on the floor. I, I, to me, it's not even on a game like last night, Wiggins. Like the question is, should Wiggins have been back in and maybe Lee not back in? Right? Should Draymond mm-hmm. have been back in and and maybe like that's the question from last night. But I think a lot of Warrior fans are like, forget that. You know, any minutes that are going to Lee should be going to Kaminga or Moody. Those two are better players anyway, and you're also developing. You know, and, and if you don't win with those two on the floor, you're still better for it in in the long term. So I, I think part of it is that. I think part of it is, you know, some players, and we've talked about this with with Bielitsa and Chioza, Like the Warrior fan base can be a little harsh. Like they have their guys, and they also have guys that are not their guys. And I think every fan base has that to a certain extent, but but Lee and Bielitsa and, and Chioza, you know, specifically are are deemed to be not, you know, not warrior guys, whereas Kaminga and 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 Moody and, and even a you know, guy like JTA who's not necessarily part of the future, but he's from Oakland, right? I think there's like those are warrior guys, and, and I think you know. So you, I think a big portion of the fan base would rather li- live and die with them as opposed to you know some of the veteran players that are you know not not really performing with regularity at a high level. Yeah, Damian Lee did have six rebounds last night. That's really the area where Kuminga needs to improve more than anything else, right? I mean, consistency would be he, great, but he just needs to be a better rebounder. He doesn't – you know, quick thought on Kaminga. Kaminga just doesn't – and look, he's he's had games where he's been a major factor, the Miami game. It just seems like he when he doesn't score, he just – it. and I think you said it earlier, score early – it's like the other like he almost he wants to get his hands on the ball and and go to work and score whether it's mm-hmm. transition whether it's you know post ups like he it's almost you need to give him a taste of being able to score and and and, and like he he needs that to to really bring other facets of his game into the equation and i think when he doesn't, like he has the ability to make an impact on the game with his athleticism, and the ball will find him, and he can score. But it's almost like he needs to touch it, he needs to shoot it, he needs to be in the action as far as with the ball to be effective. And when he when he doesn't score, 
you tend to look at, at his line, and it's a bad line overall when he doesn't score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's been true of Wiggins at times this year, too, and obviously that's not a good trend because he hasn't been scoring a lot, but they both had big games against the Heat, and so did uh, Damian Lee. So just tip of the cap to to Damian Lee, and we got the Wizards tomorrow. It's got to beat the Wizards, right? You got I know we say that about Orlando, but the Warriors got to beat the Wizards, right? That's a price of admission game, right, J.D.? That's a John Dickinson price of admission win, am I right? It is a price of admission game, but as as we talked about last week, and, and Steiny and I talked about it on the on the Warriors Weekly podcast, all bets are off without Steph Curry, and <laughs> yeah. I think we've seen that both ways. Right? You could lose mm-hmm. to the Spurs, you could lose to the Magic, even if you have the other key players playing, the other big you know high end rotation players playing, you can lose to anybody. I think the 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 optimistic side of it, even though it was one game, was you can you can beat anybody too I guess if you're rolling uh and and the Warriors were rolling against Miami but the the reality for me is yes it is a price of admission game but I I would have penciled the last week since we were last on together Whitey I would have penciled that in as hey go beat the Spurs and Magic you're probably going to lose to Miami and, and Atlanta and 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 then you come back and you beat Washington uh, and so far, I mean, the, the only game right out of that, <laughs> out of my, my golf, you know, what's par scorecard yeah. is, is last <laughs> night's game. They, the other three completely went the other way. Really interesting that after the Orlando game, Steve Kerr said, correct me if I'm wrong, but Steve Kerr said, if we don't foul three-point shooters, we win both of those games. I mean, you know, that was <laughs> they should have won both of those contests. I I know people were upset about the foul call on Kavon Looney, and I understand why. At the same time, I mean, you just can't commit that foul there in that situation. There's no there's no need to go over Pirtle's back like that. So they probably should have won both those games. But the Warriors, being the Warriors, they they should have had both those games salted away before the unhappy endings anyway. 888 uh, Let's go ahead and play the audio uh, from, from Draymond Green. Mm. We can get into this a little bit to, to close the show, and I also wanted to get into the, the, the roster building, but we can, we can touch on this quickly. Uh, I think on another week this may have been the whole show, but there was so much <laughs> going on. Uh, Whitey, uh, here, l- let's hear from Draymond on his podcast. He said, what? There was one of those, but he said, what? Uh, about what? LeBron James and 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 him breaking the all-time scoring record. Go ahead and roll that, Sterling. Congrats to LeBron, second all-time, probably in 50 more games or so, 50 or 70 games or so, he'll be first all-time, and I can't wait to see that. And I hope, Steve Kerr, I'm throwing this out there right now, if LeBron James is passing all-time scoring record and we have a game, I'm going to LeBron's game and witness history. So that's what we're doing, Coach Kerr. Huh? What? Like even that? I mean, I get Draymond. Like I get it. Like he's he's he'll say what he thinks, and and I I almost feel like that was maybe I I don't want to say half, maybe like ten percent tongue in cheek. Was it ten percent or was it was? I I think there was a little. He said it with a little bit of a smile, like I'm like a wink, wink. I'm kidding, but but was he kidding? And and this gets into the whole. And we'll hear Steve Kerr's response to it. He was on with Damon Arado this week in, in just a minute. But I want to get, like, like really? There's already this, you know, Draymond, you know, caping for LeBron. And, and at times I know it does rub Warrior fans the wrong way. Like, 
Like he is more into the the LeBron clutch aspect of of it more than you know. Like he's not being totally true to his to the Warriors franchise and, and to, the, to his Warriors teammates. Yeah, you're right. It's easy to overreact to Draymond. Don't take the bait. He's very good at this. That's that said, my honest reaction was I hated that. I remember years ago I was at a, a Raider function and they used to have a guy that dressed up in a Raider uniform with spikes on his shoulder. His name was Spike and he was like a Raider mascot. I remember I, it, it was when the Raiders were after they'd lost to the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay and they really had fallen on hard times. And I was talking to him in the parking lot and he goes, you know, it's really hard when you feel like you care more than the players do. And that's the problem I have with this. You know, we, we think every game is so important to us, and you want to think it matters to the, the players too, right? So when you've got a game, and you're, who knows what game we're, we're talking about here, but if Draymond's going, well, I'm not going to our game. If we have a game, I'm going to watch LeBron. It just strikes at the very core of why sports are supposed to matter, right? It's like, well, it's a big game to us. We assume it matters to you, and if you're going to skip a game to go watch your buddy LeBron, what? why am I really paying money for any of this? So that bottom line, that really is what bothered me about it ultimately it was disrespectful to his team to uh, coach Kerr in a way but more more to the point it was disrespectful to fans to talk that way yeah I I just and and I think we know like we know now that that I mean let's just be honest about it and and it's just the nature of of where we are I I think in, in professional sports and especially in the NBA, and I think in Major League Baseball to a certain extent as well, but I think especially in the NBA, it, it just teams and players don't care about every game. They just don't. Like, that's just yeah. reality. And and you're right. Like, that that, that rubs me the wrong way from time to time as somebody that, that covers every game. And, and you know, it, it, a lot of people have their livelihoods attached to every game and, and, and you know, whether teams do well or not. And, look, you got to be independent of that if you're, if you're going to work, I think, in sports media. But – you know, from a fan standpoint alone, it is frustrating to hear and, and to acknowledge the the truth, the reality that hey, the, you know, the, the players don't care about every game, especially now, especially in the NBA. Whether it's load management, whether it's you know guys just needing to take games off, whether it's you know games where players are playing but they're you know not going all like I thought last night's game was kind of indicative of that like last night's game was you know all the big guys were playing it was fun to watch there was a ton of offense but last night was open gym like last night was kind of a neither team's really caring much about playing defense until there was about six minutes left I also had this thought, J.D., this may not be fair, but, hey, it's what I thought. Draymond tells us what he thinks. I'm going to tell you what I thought. I'm thinking, all right, you know what? They're getting towards the back nine of this thing with the Warriors. Draymond's hurt right now. He's not the player he once was. Uh, if I'm Draymond, I'm looking, what am I going to do next? Hey, I, wa- I want to make sure I got a landing spot somewhere. Sure be nice to play with my buddy LeBron at some point next or- year or the year after. Well, hey, the flip side to that is what if he's trying to get LeBron here? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Also, I thought of that too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and would war, would Warriors fans welcome that? I mean, you talk about uh, you talk about a show that could go on for 5 hours. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I I think there's a view among the Warrior fan base and and, and rightfully so, LeBron's the enemy. Like, why are you fraternizing with the enemy, Draymond? And look, they're friends yeah. and and obviously the clutch connection 
and business ventures and everything else is a part of it. And the game is bigger than, you know, you know Isaiah Thomas and, and Magic Johnson back in the day were, were best friends and, and they competed for finals like, you know, and it was like blood feud when they did. Right. Uh, but they were best friends, you know, before and after. I mean, it's not, you know, rivalries can exist and players can be friends. I just think there's a perception now that that the players don't care as much or it's just right in front of your face that the business is just as important as as the game and and the game doesn't always at least every game doesn't always matter and I think that's that's unfortunate but there's also hey LeBron's the enemy we wouldn't well Kevin Durant at one point was the enemy right mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, a little different, but you're right. You're right. Now, somebody – I know you would want to play Steve Kerr's reaction to all this. Yeah. Somebody asked us last week – I was on last weekend with Jason, and someone called and said, well, you know, there's been talk about LeBron going to the Warriors someday. What do you guys think of that? And I, it's like, uh, there has been? Neither one of us – have you ever heard any inkling of that about LeBron to the Warriors, J.D.? Yeah, long, I mean, a long time ago. I, I think it was before they met in the 4-5. I mean, I think it was like a decade ago. Like the, I mean, this was uh-huh. at the early – Okay. The early, I mean, it was one of those kind of pipe dream, you know, things, I think, because he'd always played well in Oakland and, you know, that kind gotcha. of thing. But it, it, I, I think it's come up more now, though, lately because of the Steph, Lebr- uh, the Steph LeBron relationship yeah. even more than the Draymond. And it's, you know, them playing in the All-Star games together and kind of an admiration for each other's game, right? Like we talk about the clutch stuff and the off the court stuff with the relationship between LeBron and and Draymond there. Uh, But I think it it actually had come up more recently because of the, you know, the appreciation LeBron has seemingly had for Steph's game and some of these all-star games and just the complimentary nature of of their skill set. So I think there is a little bit beneath the surface that's, uh, that's part of it in addition to the Draymond clutch stuff. All right, you have to take on Brawny, too. Put him on the roster, and I think right now I'd rather have Chioza than Brawny. That's just my honest opinion, Oh, J. no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, let's, hear, let's hear Steve Kerr's response. He was on with Damon and Ratto. Uh, his response to LeBron saying he'd, uh, he'd want to skip a game and go watch LeBron break the all-time scoring record. Here's the head coach. <laughs> I had no idea. So how awkward is this going to get if it happens to fall on a night where they're playing the Warriors? Well, that would be ideal. That way he doesn't have to miss a game and he gets to witness it. So there you go. Steve Kerr you know, trying to make the best of it. Yeah, ho- hopefully he can do it against the Warriors. What? No. I, I, and and I, I thought that the initial comment was pretty – I think the initial comment was pretty telling because there was I, – I don't want to put I don't want to put words or thoughts in Steve Kerr's mouth or head, but there was a little bit of like, oh, my God, did he really say that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what makes it all even more convenient for everybody is if they're on the same team and they're, you know, he's on the Warriors, you're right. That then that solves everybody's problems, right? There you go. Problem solved. That's that's uh, next week's show, right? That's next <laughs> next week's show, Whitey. Should yes. the Warriors get LeBron? Hell, hell Coes, I know Coes and, and Jason Dumas are gonna be coming up from, from Friedman's in, in Pleasant Hill. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. There's your show, fellas. Yeah. There's your show, fellas. Would you want LeBron? 888-957-9570. Brawny or Chris Chioza? Which way you going at the end of your bench? <laughs> yeah, which way you going there? And uh, you know, would you give up Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman to get to get and oh Wiggins to get LeBron James? Because that's probably what the Lakers would uh, demand with uh, a year left on on LeBron's 
contract. I do think there's going to be an interesting uh, – actually, no, let's get, let's get a couple of calls in here before we call it, call it, call it a, a day yeah. here. Uh, let's get Rick in San Francisco. Uh, Rick, uh, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hi, boys. Great show. Shout out to Spadoni. I was just saying, you know, I think Draymond Green would, and uh, LeBron would play totally good together because LeBron was saying, oh, the Warriors are missing Draymond Green. And I think uh, LeBron would also play good over here. But I think he'd, they'd uh, also play very well together over in Charlotte. With All right, Rick. David. Thanks. See you later. That's, that that's David, David Alameda, Alameda, right? Yeah. That's Trying exactly. to sneak it in. Tony yeah. in Oakland before we call it a day. Hey, Tony. Good, good call, Whitey. Hey, it's my first time to call in, and I love the show. Um, so I would, I'm not really that interested in LeBron, but look, I mean, if, if, if I've had the feeling that Draymond is more interested in doing the radio thing, so if he wants to retire early, it will take LeBron to take over his spot. But, <laughs> but I saw it on Instagram. It was actually on Instagram uh, about a month ago saying that LeBron was, might go to the uh, the Warriors. And I was just shocked when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, it came up around the All-Star game, Tony. It, it was around the All-Star weekend where it was like a conversation. And I think it had to do with the admiration of Steph and LeBron, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So interesting stuff. I know we'll, we'll keep tabs on it. I know LeBron's going to have a, another big decision with a year left on his contract in the Lakers uh, floundering in the play-in tournament race. Great stuff, Whitey. Always fun. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we're going to talk again tomorrow. You're on Warriors yep. Live tomorrow with me. Uh, after you get done uh, with your show, you're on at ten, and then you're going to hang out for Warriors Live, Warriors and the Wizards. So looking forward to that, my man. And then back next Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to that too. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, JD. All right, you do the same. Jim Cozumore, Coz, and Jason Dumas coming up from Friedman's in Pleasant Hill. They'll keep the conversation rolling. 888-957-9570 to talk to them right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.